about you tonight, but I just feel, I just feel like we're on the very earth of on the on the on the on the on the urge of something, and on the urge of something big. I just feel that for your life. I think you're on the verge of something. I think you're on to something. I really do believe God is going to do amazing things. God is a good God. John chapter 15. We're going back to John chapter 15. We are in our abide message series. So um, we are in the abide message series. And so this is one of the most important message series that you'll hear in your life. This is one of the most important message series that you need to, that you need to continue to meditate on for the rest of this year. The reason being because in this teachings, in these teachings, I will be talking about how uh, the benefits and the protections of remaining in Christ. I'm telling you now, to abide is how you are going to flourish. To abide in Jesus is how you are going to thrive. Last week, I began to tell you three things about abiding in Christ. Number one is connectivity. Number two is dependence. And number three is being submissive. To abide in Christ is to stay connected. To abide in Christ is to depend. Jesus does not talk about you flourishing without him. Nowhere in scripture does it say that you with that you graduate to a place in God that you don't no longer need him. All right. It don't work like that. You need Christ. You need Jesus. And so many times that we, 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 we get away from Jesus. We don't want to preach about Jesus because once we get platforms, okay, like I used his platform enough. Now I got to make a name for myself. So we don't talk about Jesus. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't go in depth and help and, 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 and to understand the importance and the power that we have through Jesus Christ. And it's only through him where things will be accomplished. It is not in your strength. How many people in this room have tried your own strength and does it work for you? No, it doesn't work for none of us because apart from him, as the scripture says, you can do nothing. So we're in here, we're in John chapter 15. We're gonna read it again. And um, uh, we're gonna key our, our attention on uh, a, 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 a specific verse, okay? So verse uh, chapter 15, verse one, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me say you can do nothing verse 6 it says if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gathered them and threw 
and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse seven is what we're going to key our intention on tonight. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse seven is what I want to key our attention on. We're going to put emphasis on verse seven, right? So what does it mean to abide? In the Greek definition of abide, it pretty much means to remain. It means to dwell. All right. It means to remain. It means to stay there. Oftentimes you realize why you get attacked in your life. It is trying to get you out of remaining in him. When different adversity hits your life, it's the, 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 the goal is to get you out of remaining in him. And to go into a place of survival mode or self uh, survival mode and trying to do that without Christ. Here's what I'm saying is, is to abide is to remain. It's to dwell. It's to stay there. The reality is, is that a lot of times I see it. We, we need to see the walk with Christ as a relationship. When you get married, you make a covenant. Your covenant is to death. Do your part. The only way this thing ends is in a box. It's in a box. The only way this ends, I don't know if you watch Malibu's Most Wanted, right? On Malibu's Most Wanted, there's a scene. He said, welcome to the Tech Nines. The only way you leave out here is in a box. Yeah, in a box. So that's the only way this relationship breaks up. With our relationship with Jesus, it's for eternity. And so Jesus is 100% with his. He's 100% in his bargain of the deal. We are the ones who are what, for better words, wishy-washy with our end of the covenant. Sometimes we're faithful, sometimes we're unfaithful. Sometimes we, have you ever been in a relationship, hopefully you haven't, where it's though that, you know, sometimes they were good and then sometimes they were really bad. Have you ever been in a relationship where sometimes you'd be faithful to you and then sometimes they won't be faithful to you? I hope you didn't get in one of those, but I'm just saying there is a there. This is how this is what if you look at it in this sense. Well, wow, I'm a cheater. Yes, you can. We cheat on God with many different things. We make idols out of different things. And what Christ is, what he is exhorting us to do is to remain in him. Here's the thing. There's two ideas in verse seven, which Jesus connects the idea of abiding to. The first idea that he connects it to is the word of God. He connects abiding to his word, which is very important uh, because here in the text here in uh, the book of John, chapter eight, verse 31 says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. All right. If that's not enough for you, John chapter 14, verses 23 and 24 will begin to tell you. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my what? 
word. And my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love uh, love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So in other words, what happens is, is that Jesus did not come to speak on his own accord, but he spoke on behalf of what he saw and what the father wanted him to say. And so Jesus's goal is to testify of the invisible God and the Holy Spirit's job is to testify about the manifestation of God through the man named Jesus. Are you seeing this? Here's what he's saying that those who keep my word is what it, they are a true disciple. In other words, what I'm trying to show you is if that if you do not allow your life to come under the authority of the word and the word has the ultimate authority, which therefore is ruling and guiding and giving you strength in your life. If you're not allowing the word to abide in you, there is no way that you are his. Because what the scripture is saying and what Jesus is saying that if you if you come into authority of my teachings, if you come into authority of what this book says, then in other words, he said, I can make my home with you. He said, and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Oh, my God. Get this in your and get this in your idea in your head that God, the father and the son wants to make its res, his residence in you. But the only way he can do that is through you coming under the authority of the word. Hallelujah. So many people like to pray, but they don't want to read the word. Because they say they don't understand it, but they haven't taken them time, taken the time to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate through the scripture on what in the world this is saying. Here's what I'm telling you is that if you allow your life to be subjected under the authority of the word, then that then that means that Jesus can then abide in you. Therefore, it's causing a transformation in your thinking and in your mind. I mean, in your thinking and in your heart. The only reason, the only way that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind is by abiding and letting the word of God begin to change off those old ideologies of the old man. The reality is, is that we're not trying to allow God through his word to begin to convict us and show us how we ought to live. Huh, because if you abide in his word, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to know why you're lacking? You want to know why there's some lack in your life? It's because you have not became under the authority of the word. If you come under the authority of the word, then the word will begin to correct you when you're wrong. When the word of God shows you how to live in righteousness. Oh my God. It's about abiding. If you remain in my word, then there's no, oh my God. If you remain in my word, then you can sin less. If you remain in my word, 
That's what the scripture come. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for you in a, a righteous living and a righteous life. And this is the thing. If you are if you're producing a righteous life, then you're going to pr uh, produce the rewards of a righteous man because you will not be lacking anything. He said for the man of God to be complete. Complete. You're not complete because you have not really remained in the word. What happens is you get you get you get started and you read a little bit. Then you stop. Take the time to allow the word to then marinate in your spirit and allow it. Then guess what? And then allow it and then put it to application because that's really abiding in the word. You know what? This this age, this generation loves knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But the problem with it is they don't have the wisdom to take what they see in the word and then put it to life. That's why everybody got a problem with building something from scratch because they don't want to build because they're so nervous and they're so afraid. But guess what? If you are in the word and you begin to see what it says about your life, you can begin to build and be, most people are lazy and want to come and come on to something and later on because they afraid to take their hands and put it to the ground and get dirty because they don't because they don't know what the word because they, they want to come in later on no god is calling you to build a business god is calling you to build your life build your family all of that stuff like that but you can't build and you can't be equipped to build because you're lacking because you have not allowed the scripture which is breathed upon by the holy spirit to breathe life into your ideas to breathe life and to give you purpose and give you strength to be able to equip yourself to be able to do what god has called you to do Here's the second idea that Jesus connects abiding to. And this is where I want to labor now. He, he connects it to prayer and specifically answered prayer. So if you allow the word and you're obedient and allow the word of God to be, if you're submissive to the authority of the word, the way that you keep constant connection with God is through prayer. This is important. This is why God went through all of the trouble of sending Jesus when he did. Because here's the issue. The Jews had, they had the law, but they didn't have the spirit. They had the knowledge, but they didn't have direct line and access. God said, I'm sending my son to pave the way my eternal plan for man is to believe in the son the son is god's eternal plan for a lost world jesus is the mediator between you man and god when god when jesus let go of his de deity and became and went into his full humanity on the cross Jesus was doing that to assure you and I's ability to restore access with God. That that line of communication that was once great and prosperous, that went from being that with Adam's fall now to being something that has been blocked. Jesus' blood has unblocked the way to God. Here's what I'm saying. This is very important. 
because if you do not if you don't abide in the word and through prayer this is very important because while you are in the word it helps your prayer life that's why he that's why jesus says the word abide in the word and guess what and then he puts it to asking petition here's the reason because since Jesus is the mediator, and the only way you can come to the Father is through the Son, then the Hebrew writer said, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, so we can come boldly because we have now received God's eternal plan for man. That's his son, Jesus. Here it is. So I received Jesus. Now, with this plan of salvation, now I must now I must go through the process of my mind being changed. Because I used to live with a mind that was so wrapped up and tied up with my own fleshly lust and desire. Here, here's what I'm saying. Because here's the thing. This is why a lot of times our prayer life is, is stalled and, and dry. Here it is. Because if you're not abiding in his word, then you don't know what to ask for. If you're not abiding in his word, then you don't know his will. The way I, be, the way I begin to see my prayer life enhanced and go to the next level is me spending time with my father. As I spend time with my father, I begin to understand his will. I begin to understand his thoughts. I begin to understand what he desires for. And somewhere along the line, what's supposed to happen is that your heart is beginning to conform and transform to wanting what God wants. The way prayer is answered is wanting what God wants. How do I know what God wants if I never studied him? If I never got to know him. Ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is coming up. How many of you all like Valentine's Day? Raise your hands. You like Valentine's Day. Lovers of love, okay? Lovers of love. Right? Clearly. So, Valentine's Day is here. Uh, it's this week. How do you know what type of gift to get her unless you have spent time with understanding the interests that she has? You will know if you know her good enough, you know she likes the cheesy stuff. I'm talking about my fiance. That's what she likes. That you, you want the cheesy stuff. How, how do I know that? Because I have conversation and I spend time to get to know and to study what she likes and to see her tendencies. How can I then know what God wants for my life if I never studied Then I don't know what to ask for? And that's why a lot of times we don't pray because you don't know what to ask for. You don't know where to start. The reason why you don't know how to where to start is because you never spend time to get to know who he is. So if you don't know who he is, it's hard for you to ask for something that you don't even know if you'll be able to obtain. Because if you know who God is, then you can come in faith. How do I know this? That those who come to the Father must first believe that he is and that he's a reward to those who diligently seek him. But the key is you gotta know who he is. If you don't know who he is, how in the world are you gonna ask for anything? 
You don't even know where to begin. You don't know where to start. He's making it a very key point that you have to understand. Jesus is saying this is important to your Christian life. Prayer is important to your Christian life. Without it, you are not going to be successful in this walk. You got to know who he is. And this is what I'm trying to get to you and to get to us. If you're going to thrive in this year, spiritually, physically, numerically in your business and whatever God has for you and all of that, the issue is you got to remain in him because the more and more you know of his will, the better your prayer life will be. Uh, the better your prayer life will be because somewhere down the line you begin to see the way God blesses he don't bless small the way God moves he don't just move subtly he just he just comes in like a whole wave he, I mean, God is not quiet about his moves. God, you will know that God has been there. You will know that God has done a work in your life because of that's how he moves and operates. And guess what? Because I know that I need to get to know what he wants. So when I'm asking in prayer, I know for out of shadow of a doubt, my prayer will be answered because I've spent time with him. And it's not in a way of give me, give me, give me. No, my heart and my motives is that God, listen, I'm really trying to get to know you so I can know me. It's not that I'm trying to get to know you because I want to get, get, get. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to get to know you because I want you to be a Santa Claus to me. I'm not trying to get to know you so you can be a genie to me. No, I'm trying to get you to, I'm trying to get to know you so I can know me and know what I'm supposed to be in you so that I can ask whatever I will. There's no problem with asking, but when you know God and you know the type of person he is, he don't like asking from a place of flesh. God is a discerner of hearts. And you got to ask with the right motives. Oh my God. I have to continue to put this back in a relationship way. With your kids sometimes. You look at them and it's like, what, what you asking for this for? What's really your intent? And then when some people at work, they ask you to do these little weird assignments. You're trying to figure out what, what's up with this. You get what I'm saying? Or in even a relationship with your spouse or whatever, you try to figure out, all right, now, what, what's your motive behind this? You know, listen, I know when you're trying to get your way, what, what you trying to move? What's your ulterior motive? And then when people, sometimes people come, oh, they, they come, what's, what's your motive? God is always looking at the motive of your heart. And sometimes the reason why some of your prayers are stalled is because your, your heart, while the time, you, the time you prayed it, your heart wasn't right. Nor was your heart ready to receive. And that's why your prayers have been stalled. Not answered. And sometimes I, I bet you if you change your heart and pray it again, I bet you you see a different result because you have to pray it with a better intention. 
a better heart. Oh, maybe I need to pray harder. No, it's not in the prayer and the tone of your voice. No, it's in the mat. It's in the posture of your heart. All right. Let me give you some Bible to back up all of what I'm saying and we're getting out of here. Let's do this. First John chapter five, verse 14. Let me continue to prove the point. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, say anything, according to his will, he does what? All right. What's the key? Let, let's point out, I'm about to teach you how you look at scripture. You want to understand it? I, 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 here's the thing. You got to point out every key word. What are the key words that stand out to you? Confidence. Ask anything according to his will. He hears us. You have now just made a three-point message. Pray with confidence. Ask according to what? His will. And guess what he'll do in response? He hears us. Now time to hoop and go home. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. So here it is. We said the key words are confidence. See, when you're looking at scripture, look at it from like you're reading some, something. You want to see what's the key words, what stands out to you in the text. So what stands out to me is, okay, I can have confidence and ask according and I, I can have confidence in him. And the important thing is that if I pray, I must do this according to his what? Will. So what it's telling me, now you can look at it in a, in a, in a critical eye. So, okay, what he's telling me is that I, if I don't, if I pray according to his will, then that means I can ask anything. And with me praying according to that, then that means he hears us. Most of the times when you are praying, it's not that God don't hear you. He just don't hear what sounds good to him. What is that? His will. God responds to his desires. God responds to his word. When his word, when you, oh God, they, something about repeating God's word back to him is what begins to move God's face. Okay, talk a little bit more. Now I can, now I've got, all right, after you didn't got off of complaining and all of that stuff like that, now that you asked for a Tesla, I have, amen, thank you, Jesus. Now, now let me hear, now let me hear what you really got to say. And it's according to his what? Will. That's why Jesus says, if you allow my word to abide in you, if you allow his word, everything, prophecy, all of that, the basis of it is the word of God. If you get a prophetic word and you do not hear the sound of the word and it's not based upon the premise of the word, then you have an issue because the word is the launching pad for everything. Okay. James chapter four, verse three. James chapter four, verse three. Uh, I believe I have it there. It says, you ask and do not what? Receive, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Here's the reason why prayer is not effective in your life, because you spend it on your pleasures. Me, myself, and I. And that's why your prayers is missing the target. You ask amiss, you're missing out. You say you ask and you what? Do not receive. 
What's the, why? Why is my prayers missing? Why is it be, you ask you did not receive because you ask amiss? That you do what? May spend it on your pleasures. You so focus about your pleasures, what everything else, and you're not even caring about what God wants. Here's what I'm telling you. If you're not abiding in Jesus, then he is not obligated to bless anything he has not sanctioned. Because you're still trying to indulge in your own self. It's you, myself, and I. That's all I got in my own. You ask amiss. I'm trying to get you to start praying on target. You want to start seeing your prayer life go to the next level? Abide in him. So that you know who he, know his will so that your prayers will not be amiss. So that you can really intercede not only for yourself, but intercede for your family and other people. Sometimes your prayers go amiss because you're not interceding for nobody. You're not standing in the gap for nobody else. You haven't became an intercessor. Someone who stands in the gap for someone else. Sometimes God will bless you just because you stood in the gap for somebody else. All right. I'm coming to an end. Here's the most important one. Psalm 37 verse 4. This is going to be your memory verse for this month. I'm going to challenge you. Write it down. Psalm 37 verse 4. This is your memory verse for this month in February. Psalm 37 verse 4. Every month I'm going to give y'all a memory verse. You got to memorize it. You need to know scripture. You said, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall do what? To delight again is like to abide, is to abide. That means to remain, to stay. Those who delight, those who delight yourself also in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. Because again, when you give your life to Christ, God begins to put inside of you a new heart that is supposed to conform to his. Oh, my God. And as you are walking in sync with God, when you're walking in tune with God, then you can ask anything and it will happen. You can ask anything. And he will give you the desires of your heart. God does not just bless needs. Here's what he's saying. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Because here's the, here's the thing. Some of you, you're so worried about, God, I really wanted to do this, this, and that. And watch, if you, just if you just conform your heart to God's, he'll show you how you can do that, and but do it on a bigger scale and a better, in, in, a, in a better way. But if you're so t in tune to what you're, what you're uh, no, it got to happen like this. It gotta, you are compulsive. You want to have your hands on everything. People with a compulsive nature, you gotta have, you gotta control it. No, 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 God, we gonna do it this way: A, B, C, D, and E, F. You cannot be, you cannot be that way. God has a way of going about things. He said, "I'll give you the desires of your heart." But the the thing is, and the key thing is, is that it's to abide in Him. It's to delight in Him because the idea is, is that God is putting a new heart and creating you and shaping you into the form of who He is. And another scripture that says in John that those who abide, that if the Word abides in Him, that He will walk in He will walk as me. Here's what I'm telling you. 
God is trying to get you and I to a place in our lives where only we are fully content in him. Fully content. So you're not lacking nothing. Most of you, you're not content because you feel like you're lacking something and you feel like what you are looking for, God can't give it to you. And then you're trying to figure out why is my plans that I'm drawing up coming up short? Why? Because what you're looking for is outside of God's provision. Let me tell you something. Everything you need is in God. Everything you need is in God. We settle for relationships that are not of God because you feel like in him, he's not going to give you the relationship you want. Some people really have this mindset. I talked to this one dude like, man, go on God's way. He's going to get set you up with an ugly woman. I said, you don't, Jesus, you, you really think low of God. You really think low of God. It does not make sense. The reality of what I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, a lot of times we like to do business and stuff like that without the help of God because you feel as though God can't get you there. And that's why you're praying about stuff, you're praying about stuff. And guess what? Some of us have acted on things before we even took it up with God. Haven't even took up the idea with God, just going about it and then trying to pray that you get some success. Why not take it to him first? Why not conform your way? Why not abide in his word so his word could do the thing in your heart so that you can pray accordingly? Stay on your feet. I'm finished. We come to a close. We out of here. Right on time. Abide in him and his word will abide in you and you can ask anything according to his will. All right? But you got to do what? Abide. Sweet Jesus, lift your hands and say, Lord God, forgive me if I have not been fully content with you. You are everything I need. I don't need anything else outside of you. 